All right, we're here at the 2018 Sheep Show. Uh, this season, I used a rifle from Red Rock Precision. Um, I didn't know a lot, a ton about Red Rock Precision until about 18 months ago. My good buddy Colby introduced me to the two owners, and uh, it, it took off from there. Today on the show, we have Todd Sholley and Kurt Pilcher, the owner of Red Rock Precision. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here with you. Yeah, this show is, uh, you guys are kind of a staple here. Been coming here a long time. Time for the fourth year, fifth year? Yeah, probably fifth year. Yeah, at least. Kind of take us to where Red Rock started. I know you guys have done another podcast with that, but kind of take us how it got started, when it got started, and what you guys have done over the time you've been in existence. Well, me and Todd have officially been in business since 2009, but we've been doing this together for probably, what, 25 years or so? Probably something like that. Just our own rifles and, and uh, you know, and then people were coming to us and saying, hey, can you make our rifle do what your rifle's doing? Wow, I didn't know that. It grew from there. 25 years. In the basement. <laughs> in the in basement. basement. Yep. Yeah. So when did you guys knew, when did you guys know you guys had something? Was it? 10 years ago i mean when did somebody say hey build this and then the next guy said build me another build me another well i think the way it kind of started what i remember is <clears throat> i had an old gun and i took it to steve henry yep built that 3378 and it was like he built a custom gun and i think from there we just thought you know this might be something we could just do on our own and that's kind of how i remember it evolving and just yeah. you know throwing stuff in the back of our truck and driving over to woodruff utah and putting targets out in the middle of nowhere and and just shooting. And if I remember right, you were a pretty dyed-in-the-wool bow hunter. I was, yeah. And then that, what's, yeah. what spurned on the long-range side of it? You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I still love the archery hunt. Right. It just seems like time only allows you so much, you know, because right. we work more than we used to. At no. least I feel like we do, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, so when was the actual inception of Red Rock? What year? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Just the two of you, and then yep. Josh came in. How mm -hmm. far later? Oh, uh, about three or four years ago. So you guys are a three mound shop, mm -hmm. and you guys. The, the thing I think people miss is the biggest question that I get asked is, you guys are a three man shop, and the biggest difference coming from, and I, I won't mention names, but of the bigger. Per, they're custom, but they're, they're production custom, I call them. You guys are three guys producing rifles basically one at a time, and you shoot every rifle. Kurt builds every, you know, chambers. He does all the machine work. Todd goes through and does the finishing touches and shoots them all, correct? Shoot them all. Yep. Yeah. So every rifle leaving the door, you shoot, Todd. I do. Yep, every single rifle. And they come close. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to build that into it, but you guys do have a turnkey system. So they, you guys can get a rifle from Red Rock. You can pick the caliber. I know you guys love the 28 and the 300 Ultra. You guys can pick a caliber, pick a scope, and Todd, you know, you, you take the input from the customer, build them up a load, and you can send them a the gun that they can go shoot a couple times and then go hunting with it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's, that's the biggest difference is from the companies that I've used before, I've, I took the Green Hornet. It's a 28 Nozzer, and I'm going to mess the name up, but it's the P. 2PX, correct? That's yep. Correct. Carbon, carbon light, that's what you have. Yep, it's a proof-barreled carbon gun. It's got a McMillan um, A3 Sporter carbon, correct? Yep. Uh, it's got their the action to their specs. The um, thing about the custom game is I've taken a lot of guns, taken them out to the range with, those, with the loads that the people tell me to shoot, and I've never had one until this year that I had to, I could grab and shoot. 
Uh, Todd sent me up. I think you sent me up 80 rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I took him to the range, and if you know me, I shot, I shot right through him. Uh, I took his recipe. I loaded that recipe at my house, and I didn't skip a beat. And that was the first time that I've ever done that in probably 15 custom rifles. So it tells me that you guys are taking the time to, A, make the rifle accurate, and, B, taking the time in the loads to get them per- perfected. And, and I think that's something that people miss, especially the guys that get into turnkey systems. Do you, I mean, Yeah, for sure. I mean, and there's lots of guys that say that you can't from lot to lot your powder changes, but I've experimented with that, and you did the same thing, and it didn't change anything. It still shot good with, with your powder that you had, right? Yeah, well, you just told me to put Rotumbo in it. I don't remember yeah. the grains off the top of my head, and I did the same thing you said, the same um, the neck ten- the neck tension. I didn't know what your neck tension was, but it didn't seem to matter. I, I made them the same length, and they shot the exact same hole. Yeah, so that's what we do. Watching you reload, it takes people just the amount of time that they're saving for you to go and build the perfect load for them so that they're able to replicate it at home is a huge time saver because I watched you try to perfect loads on other guns and it's hours and hours, you know, I mean days even, and then running around trying to get all the, the right powder. Right. That is a huge, just if anything, time saver. Right. For them to be able to know exactly what you did with the load that you sent them and get to replicate that. Yeah, and one thing with the Green Hornet, it's the the P two PX. It was the only rifle I ever been able to get. And he Todd loaded up 180 burgers. <clears throat> they shot they shot about I would say 0.4 pretty accurately. I loaded up 195 burgers in the same gun in a one and nine twist barrel that 195s are not supposed to shoot that great in. Right. And they shot under a half. And I loaded up 168 burgers and they shot under a half. And then just at the end of the season, I loaded up some Hornaday match. They shot like a 0.2. Yeah, that's what you said. They shot so good. I've never had that rifle. In my in my theory is if I get a custom rifle at that cost, I shouldn't have to work at accuracy. And with, with you guys, I've I found that uh, you guys yeah. have money. I have not. <laughs> that gun, people think I'm just babbling. At, at this point in time, you guys don't have any sponsorship with Rockside, correct? No. And I have other gun sponsors, and I'm going out on a limb saying, if I were you, I would take a hard look at Red Rock for what they're producing. <laughs> so I have no money in this game with Red Rock, but I have, I have talked on the phone, and I've talked to in-depth about people to go to Red Rock. Um, Kurt, you're the guy... You're the guy that does all the chambering, all the metal work. Can you take me to what? what's the magic? What are you doing there that's making that gun so accurate? I just do everything by hand and, and uh, I pay attention to all the details. So you're to every barrel or every barrel that comes out of there, you're reaming? I ream every one. Yep. Thread them by hand, single point threads. Are you a machinist by trade? Nope. That's, I just want to throw that in there. He's producing a rifle, and it's not just my rifle. I mean, it's pretty easy. If you're in this industry, you can talk to people, and you know which rifles have issues. And most rifles, for the most part, shoot. But if you want the top-end accuracy, um, not all rifles are built the same. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I know it's hard not to grow in this company, but don't don't grow. <laughs> we're going to try to grow, but we're going to try to keep it in control. Well, I think they lose once you, I don't know, it's just so hard to keep that. You, you love it. And you can tell Todd loves it. When you talk to these guys, they love what they do. And I think that's, that's hard to replace with employees. And some of the companies that used to be there have left there. But Red Rock still has that magic of one guy, pretty much one gun. And then you have Todd, who's an owner, and he gives a crap about what he's producing. And going out the door, it's not a guy that's on Friday saying, man, I got to go see my girlfriend tonight. 
Todd's staying there, Kurt's staying there, Josh is staying there until the product is right. Yep. And you can't overemphasize that. Yeah. Nobody else is going to have that interest in a company. I mean, employees that you hire, as much as they are good people and love their jobs, they'll never have that level of dedication because it's not their heart and soul. Yeah. It's not their blood, sweat, and tears. Right. So Absolutely. When what? you say that gun was accurate, go, go through your season with them because I think that people are pretty surprised. Did you want to jump in there? Well, I just wanted to go back to the loading part. Uh, people need to know that we keep a file on every gun because a lot of guys don't load. So we can always produce that for them. I didn't know that. So they can call you up, Todd, and say. Yeah. They, just give, they just give us a serial number, and we just, we've got it. It's, on a, it's in a computer, and it's in a book, and we just look it up, load it up, and send it. That makes so, sense because I called you back here. i got to yeah. get my file, and then you got back to me and yeah. told me what the load was. Yeah. So that's, that's just the extra step. And another thing that I didn't know until I came down and Tanya went to the school, what she'll talk about is you guys work at this time. Do you guys still work on all guns? Yeah. W- will you work on a gun if they send it in, if it's uh, whatever? Yeah, it depends on the gun. But, you know, <clears throat> you know, most of the time it's something that we can, you know, can do. But we've had guys send us guns that we just can't do nothing with. Gotcha. So We're a little more picky. We ask a few more questions before, you know, we take a gun in so that we're not bringing something in that. We don't want to take something in that we can't work on and can't fix and have to give it back to a guy. All right, don't that doesn't putting work. you on the spot here. Is there a gun you're like, no, we're not taking that piece of crap? No, not really. I think everybody. <laughs> Usually it's would, a gun that some old guy's had forever, you know, that's 40 or 45 years old. It's usually one of those. Gotcha. But, that, you know, a lot of the other, you know, the Remingtons, sense. Winchesters, the Tikas, and some of those that we get, we can make those shoot pretty good every now and then. Right. So, so just things I didn't know. Um, if I was a guy sitting out there and I had a gun that needed to be rechambered after I ran through a season with the Green Hornet, I'd be sending it to Red Rock. <laughs> well, that's good. Real quick, because I don't want to make this all about my spite of it, because I want to have you guys talk. But I got the gun from Red Rock in probably May, no, June, July, July time frame. Yeah, it was right after the shooting school. Yeah, so I'd say June, July. I shot it. I was like, shoot, it's great. I actually sent it to a buddy down in Utah that had a, a early season mule deer tag. And um, not really a big custom guy, but he, I said, take it out, shoot it. Tell me what you think. He called me back. He said, man, this gun is amazing. He's like, I, I told you, I took the, your recipe. I took your dope. I went out and I shot a rock my second round at 1,200 yards. Half minute, boom, hit the rock. So that's just one guy telling people right. that doesn't know a whole lot about rifles that mm-hmm. he just grabbed it and shot it. And I'm not telling people to do that because there's a whole lot more to it. But just for a guy to grab it and go shoot it, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So we went hunt with him. He didn't end up killing a mule deer. My son had an early antelope tag. We went down. My son's a really, a really good shooter. So long story short, we uh, got on an antelope. First round, heart shot, 515 yards. Awesome. Just pure money. Good. Uh, my, uh, he had an elk tag a week later. We went up, we snuck up on an elk, he shot the bull at 750 yards, through the lungs, one shot. Wow. Uh, a week later, I had an elk tag, I took it out, I shot a, a, a bull at 400 and, 525 yards, through the lungs, he turned around uphill, I shot him in the, the shoulder at probably 600 yards, two shots, two mortal wounds. Good. Uh, and then I shot, shot a mule there at 450 yards, <laughs> again, through the lungs. So... I haven't missed with the Red Rock. I don't want to. Our family hasn't missed with the Red Rock yet. You just jinx yourself, man. I know. No. I've got to knock yeah. on, I gotta knock on some wood. This next year is not going to be like that. <laughs> no. I, 
that's that's the thing that I tell people because I get asked about guns almost every day, and I'm like, well, I haven't missed with the Red Rock, but I go back to the fact that it's super accurate. I've never had a gun that accurate with all those loads, and it's just a super easy sell. Yeah. But I want to get more back into you guys. So, Todd, if you're going hunting, what rifle are you taking? What rifle from Red Rock? What caliber? No, oh, I guess it really depends on where you're going or what you're doing, but I got a 300 Ultra Mag, and that's, you know, if I'm going to go to Wyoming or Colorado, that's what I take. You know, it's a bigger gun, but that's just what I shoot. And what model is it from you guys? It's just our extreme range mag. I just got a little heavier barrel and a little longer barrel on it. But that's just what I shoot. And what bullet? 210 Burger. And I guess the question, the next question will be is why. That's what they'll ask. Why are you using the 300 Ultra? You know, there's really no specific reason why other than it's just they're fast and they're flat and it's big. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know. How, how about you, Kurt? What are you using? I use a 30 Osler. That's true. For that's the same reason. It's you know it's close to that ultra mag. I shoot the two hundred and ten grain bullet. I shoot it because I think it's good in the wind. You know it's going to resist the wind a little better when it gets out there. It's got a lot of energy. What model from you guys? I use the carbon light. What have you guys ever gotten together with those two guns and noticed noticed the difference in speed, wind, wind drift, or anything? Have you guys ever put them no side by side? No. Be an interesting comparison. Well, I think the 300 Ultra Mag. At least I know the gun I shoot is probably yeah. faster than what it you is. got. I think but, it's going to go. I think it'll you know, be better. But it's like, I mean, I think mine. This shoots like 3,300 feet a second. Yeah. You well, know? I, know, I, I have no doubt that Ultra will do better. I just wonder how much for that extra powder, extra recoil, much. You know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Yeah. yeah. Unless we do it, that'd be something we could try. Yeah, this summer. it would be interesting. How did do? How did your thirty Nazar do on your? Is it? It's Kater, right? Kater, yeah, in Azerbaijan. How far was? How was that? It was good. It wasn't a long shot. It was a two hundred yard running shot. Should have been a one hundred yard standing shot, but the guides got a little excited. So. <laughs> and then, what does your son shoot? Because I know he shoots a little bigger boy. He shoots a three thirty eight Norma. I had a lo- I was lucky enough to shoot it at their shooting school, and he has a break that if he doesn't kill it with the bullet, he can run down and stab it with the break. Yeah, I backed into it at the shop, and I still got the scars. So, <laughs> but that gun is—it's just like your gun. I mean, it is dead on. I mean, he's killed laying down coyotes at eleven hundred ninety yards. And everything he shoots is the same thing. It's just. They had a little troubled antelope, but it was not the gun's fault. It was the rangefinder and the range guy using the rangefinder. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't doing his job. <laughs> well, let's move on to your guys' shooting school because I think that's some. Tanyo has more to say about that, but it's you guys run a shooting school. Can you guys talk a little bit about what it is and when it is and what it's for? June, June first through the fourth, and then another one fourth through the eighth, right? Fourth through the seventh. Through through the seventh. Yeah. So they depart on the eighth, I believe, right? Uh, well, they, they come in on the 4th, shoot the 5th and 6th, and depart on the 7th. And then the first one's the 1st, and they depart on the 4th. Yeah. Yeah. So they can so. just come, they leave and come in the same day. Um, what kind of shooters? Advanced shooters, beginners, novice? What do you guys take? Anybody. Anybody, yeah. Yeah. That's, that, a, that's the fun thing about it is that anybody can do it. You know, and that's, there's instructors there. We're there. You see how many guys are there helping people and whatnot. It's you know, if you've got a gun that can shoot good and, and somebody can halfway lay down and put a crosshair on something, they're going to have a good day. And you guys, do they have to have a Red Rock rifle? No. no. Uh, Tanya, Tanya took the course. Tanya, would I, I would say she's a, not a, maybe not a novice shooter when she got there, but definitely a beginner. Can you say a little bit about what you learned and uh, how the school was? Well, uh, I was super nervous going into it because I knew that it would be a bunch of uh, experienced hunters that 
go into it. Well, in my perception, that's what I thought was going to be. There was a bunch of guys that um, had already been shooting for a long time. There were mostly, you know, at least 10 years probably older than me, and I had just started hunting and shooting guns, so I was pretty pretty nervous to start, but um, immediately I was, like, put at ease because everyone was so nice, and I could tell that there was different levels of shooting skill, and it, it, it was, like, a, a culminated for. Like, anybody... I would say it ran the full gamut of people that uh, knew, you know, how to shoot well to people that they were getting their guns for the first time and shooting mm-hmm. for the first time from you guys. And it was really nice and uh, because I I wasn't, like, talked down to. In this industry, people might not want to really acknowledge the fact that uh, some of it's still good old boys club and... Um, Women aren't really <laughs> welcomed in the arena because, for whatever reason, that they go hunting is, um, you know, their own personal reason, which is fine. Um, so I was just a little bit nervous that maybe some of the older crowd would not be as uh, welcoming to a girl coming into their territory where they may be. So no, but I found found out very quickly that wasn't the perception of the case at all. So um, the, the first day was, and it's, it's been quite a few months since I've gone, but it was really nice. It, I mean, we sat down and everybody, it was at a really nice facility. Um, the people that were there were super nice because they made you immediately feel comfortable and right at home. Um, I really enjoyed actually t- talking to everybody just through that week that we were there, um, so everybody was super nice and welcoming, and that I think immediately put me at ease. Um, they kind of laid out the plan for the week, and um, I think it wasn't that night because I wanted kind of late. But the next day was when we went out to the actual range, um, and I wasn't even shooting a gun that was ours. We had to borrow one from one of our friends, so I had never um, used it before. That was kind of a snafu on itself. Right. Scope, but um, they, I could not get on to my target, and it wasn't. It was because of the scope, and so I was getting super frustrated that first day because I couldn't figure out why I wasn't able to hit anything. Um, because normally I'm, I'm a pretty okay shot at the range, anyway. I was like, I, I know I'm a better shot than this. Why am I like missing this? So right. Far. Yeah, we thought she had a first focal reticle, but she had a second focal reticle. So that was the issue. Hmm. It does. It really does. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they had targets set up for everybody. Um, you know, they kind of went through the instruction, and then they, the instructors would, or photographer would just come stand and help each person. Like, we would move on until everybody had the concept down, which I thought was really nice. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, you're kind of a lost cause. Let's move on because the rest of the class is already there. So um, I'm kind of rambling, but... Uh, it was, it was super nice just to be able to shoot it from a bench, learn to shoot from shooting sticks, which uh, I was an epic disaster at. Those are really challenging. I've <laughs> never done that before. But um, one of the instructors, and I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but um, sat there and just worked with me for like 
30-40 minutes on how to get the feel for shooting off of sticks, and uh, that was. I, I just th I felt like they they go the extra mile to make sure that when you leave the school, you are confident in your abilities. You're not just like leaving the school and trying to like fake your way through it because you're embarrassed that you don't know what they're talking about. They like will stop and you know ask you a question. Have you reiterated to them? And then the situation, like, the next day after that, it was super windy. We went up on that ridge. Yeah. And, which I thought, this is so interesting, and you guys probably hear this a lot, is, oh, it's not a good day for shooting. And it's like, because it's either rainy or really windy, and it's like, no, 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 that's the perfect day for shooting. And that's how it was when we were at the school, because um, I, it was like, what, 2030? It was it's it was blowing hard. It was blowing hard. Blowing you hard. can tell on the video how yeah. hard it's blowing. Yeah. So, um, and then there was targets set up in different spots um, that we had to shoot at. So that, I felt like that was the, one of the best parts of the school was that um, it wasn't just like a fufu school. Yeah. They didn't make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> right. At the range. And, oh, you know, because a lot of the guys were buying guns from you and mm -hmm. weren't coming to the school and mm -hmm. picking up the guns. So, it wasn't like you guys were just um, bringing them there, having them run through the school with the gun they just bought from you to like make them feel good about yeah. their purchase. You like you made them actually like shoot and make sure that they felt good about their weapon yeah. before they left the school, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and kind of fast forward to the you're actually shooting the deer this year and the difference between the the, the previous year and this year. Oh my gosh, lots of difference. Last year. Um, so I drew the same tag two years in a row. It was down where uh, our partner Robbie Denning lives. And so he's familiar with the ranch. And I had uh, torn the labrum in my hip and had just had it repaired. So it was really, uh, we were having to be really careful about where we went. And I'd never been there and never, actually that was my first big game animal, right? Correct. So I... The first day we saw a buck, and it was pretty little, pretty little guy in our, well, of course, everything's little compared to what Robbie shoots, but, um, so we, you know, went through and went hunting for several days. I didn't feel comfortable. We tried to shoot off of a rock, and Ryan gets a little impatient and starts getting very No, animated. not me. And so I didn't have a good shot the first time I tried, uh, the first year and then the last day I spotted a mule deer it was to the point Robbie was already like getting going and getting the vehicle um, let's let's back it up um, you missed a buck <clears throat> right before that remember you oh, couldn't find him in the scope no no you missed a buck um, down below that's when I tried to shoot on the rock yep that's what I yep okay yeah. so anyways we gotta speed yeah. it up so then we looked So then we, I, we spotted one last day. I shot it, um, and it was a good shot. I wouldn't say that I felt comfortable at all with um, still shooting at that point yet. I was still right. pretty new at it. Hadn't gone to the range as much. So fast forward to the next year, um, same area, same tag. Uh, we, uh, you should probably this same area, same tag. Tanya's biggest problem, and it's a lot of new people's problem, is. Getting the animal in the scope, they cannot find it in the scope. No, I'm blind as crap. Yep. So the year before, <laughs> we. And it's getting worse every day. 
the year before, we literally waited five minutes for her to find this animal before she even shot. She couldn't get on the animal. She couldn't find it. She did find it. She pulled the trigger. She shot a little high. Fast forward a year, we literally had to sit on this deer for two and a half hours. Um, she was freezing cold. Not the greatest, the greatest environment for a, a new shooter. Yep, she shot. She, the, the animal came out of its bed. She shot. She just barely, she barely shot in front of it. And I'm thinking, great. Now the animal's on the move. We're not going to be able to get back on it. By the time I said, she's like, I'm on it. I was like, whoa. I was like, shoot. Well, just I was, I was expecting me to have to kind of help her get back on it. I did. And she's like, I'm ready. I'm on it. And I'm like. Pull the trigger, boom, she shot it, killed it. There's no way, without going to your guys' school, she would have got back on that animal that fast. There's no way. And I want to jump on your school. I've been to a few schools. The the three things that jump out of me about what you guys do different is most schools have, um, I would say, alpha male. Alpha male um, instructors, it's, it's, it's hard to get uh, information out. You guys have almost an instructor per shooter, which is very uncommon. It's usually one to four, one to five. Uh, your facilities are phenomenal. And I, this is just oh a fa- gosh, That's why I was just say a fat kid talking. Your food was the best food I've ever eaten. <laughs> So not not only getting great great instruction, heck, you guys haven't even had a Navy SEAL on the staff, a yeah. Navy SEAL sniper. Yeah. And you guys, the other guy, I can't think of his name, the guy from Texas. What's what? Is I can't think of his name, but he was Steve. a ph- Steve, yeah. phenomenal instructor. He was he got down on anybody's level. He took it as low as it needed to go and as high as it needed that to go. Yep. And then you guys had Red, Red, very yeah. knowledgeable. You had yeah. a few other people that I don't remember. And then you guys are there. And I think that's the biggest key for me is you guys own the company and you give a shit. So you guys were there helping everybody get to the level they needed to be before they moved on to the next step. Because most of it's block instruction at most shooting schools. And if your dumbass don't get it, your dumbass don't get it. They're moving to the next step. You guys took the time. Either they have to take them aside and say, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to do. What do you need to work on? What are you seeing? And that's not the usual. Yeah. So I have a video coming out as soon as um, it's coming out soon. I'll put it up on Rockside website, Avery Adventures website, and I'm sure you guys will share it on your guys' channels too. That uh, just kind of goes through what they did. I, we broke it down to each day. And um, if you're looking for a school, for whether it's a you're whether you're really experienced or you're a novice or you're the like you said the woman and the, the doesn't want to go into the guys genre, this is a school for you. So come check it yeah. out. Completely, completely comfortable. And what I also like, and I never met you, is like quickly it was the culture that everybody helped everybody. Like even the other students, you know, were like trying to give feedback and, and help each other. So it was immediately like a really good camaraderie of the group of people yeah there. and um so and i feel like that comes from the top you know like either the instructors or yeah. like if they have an elitist attitude it kind of just yeah quickly gets adapted by others and that wasn't that's the word i was looking for yeah. elitist there's no elitist yeah. there no. it's you're friendly from the word been, go totally yeah been, people, their skill level was huge yeah the guys and they adapt at all like they were better than everybody right that was a good group of guys that was there. It was. And it was just a good know. group of people. Yeah, it was. Good group of people. And the facilities are phenomenal. Yeah. You guys have that dialed in. Yeah. Nice place, huh? Oh, nice place. Kenya's like, we need to go hunting like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's like, you know, up to the MT. Annie, we're hunting. You know, I've heard of other people, you know, when they go hunting, they always have to stay at a lodge, and that is not how it's been with us. So I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. This is how the other side lives. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, nice I think place. this year's school will be a little bit better too because we had so much snow last year and it was cold and muddy cold and and, muddy, and but windy. we we made the best of it, windy. But I think it'll be really nice this year. You yeah, know, as far I, as weather, I like that wind. No, no, no. We need to though. Need yeah, to yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I no. want to jump into. Uh, I got Pat Goats last year. You're a llama guy. I'm a llama guy. I watched your video Kobe put out for you guys. Yeah. With your daughter shooting a heck of a nice mule deer. Yeah. Kind of take us through uh, your history with llamas and how you love them. Yeah, I've had llamas for. Well, I'm on my second group, and my oldest llama from my first group was 25 years old. So I've had it. So I've had llamas for. God, I don't know. 35, 40 years, you know. And so, how old can they pack? I mean, what's the old? What's an old llama? Old llamas when it gets over twenty. Wow. Yeah, most of them will die within that year or two after that. And how so, long can you pack them? How old? I I dropped them right. To the yeah, Geronimo. Geronimo. <laughs> right Geron- they drop over. Yeah, Geronimo was my first llama I ever bought from a guy named Doyle Markin, Markham in in Idaho Falls, and and I packed him. Well, the the winter that he died, he packed that hunting season. So so he, so he he packed until he was 24, 25 years old. old. How how old they got to be before they can start packing? Well, they say they say don't take them out until they're at least a year and a half year, year and a half two years old. So because they're you know they're still growing and their bones and their joints and all that. So, but I've taken them out from the time they were two and they just do their thing. So you're talking you got seventeen eighteen years of a pack animal. Oh yeah! Wow, for sure. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. And what do you have to do food-wise for them? Just hay. Just hay. Just hay. You, you take them in the hills, and they'll just you know, they'll just go without water for three weeks. They can go without water forever. You they're know, pretty, pretty agile. Yeah. Oh, they're real agile. Yeah. And they eat whatever's in the mountains. Yeah, they'll just they, you know they'll eat whatever's there, but. No, no. Water-wise, they just get it out of the hay and whatever yeah, they, they get yep, crossing? Yep. I mean, if there's water there, sometimes they'll drink it. But I've had, you know, I've packed in, you know, and they don't drink till that next day. You know, you, right. you pack in in the morning and that next day. But they, they, will, they won't drink that, that pack in, you know, they just don't. That's incredible. Yeah. What do you have right now? I got three and I got a buddy that's got three and we're, we're looking for a couple more. So, yeah. So how many do you take on, like, a typical? Six. Yeah, just yeah. Depends on who else going, you know. So and what can it, they pack? God, I've had eighty, ninety pounds on them. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. In that video um, you had with Colby, you had uh, some tree hugger type trying to tell you <laughs> that you you had a problem with a llama. You had to leave it, and to, people have a problem with that, and that's not real life. So tell them what happened there. Well, we were we were packing out, and it's actually the oldest llama we got. You know, he's twenty five years old. <laughs> And he packed. He packed That's in. Awesome. He packed in perfectly fine, but on the way out, he just—I don't know if he got sick, or he just—he just sat down and just put his head on the ground. And we we sat there for probably two hours. Usually, they'll stand up if you know if they're tired and they're they're fatigued. They'll just they'll lay down. Mm-hmm. And we gave him two hours, and he just he got worse and worse and worse. You know, and, and you got a storm coming in, and, and we still are, are five miles from the trailhead, you know, and it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We had to make a call. So we, we, took, the, we took the packs off him and his halter, and, <clears throat> and we left him there. And we had a llama get loose a few years before that, and 
so I was going off of what I thought this llama would do, and he he eventually made his way down to the trailhead. So when we came back two weeks later, he was down there at the trailhead waiting for us, you know, right where we park. And you see on the video, yep. he comes running up, and he's got all kinds of energy. So he, he either ate something or he got uh-huh. sick. But we we he was either going to die or get better, and he got better. Right. But I couldn't sit there for all night long or, or two or three days. Right. You know, and Kurt made, we we're talking yesterday, Kurt made the, the statement that a horse guy just would have shot him and yeah. rolled out. Yeah. And yeah. So in my opinion, you did the humane thing and still got flack for it. Yeah. It's okay. There's a bunch of weirdos out there. So <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what, like you were leaving him Oh yeah, yeah, no. He so was he was, was by a creek, and there was grass all over. Right, so you know, perfectly capable. Like it wasn't like he was leaving it without food or water yeah. or any way to. You know, you were leaving it in an area he had access yeah. to food and water, so it's kind of like. Yeah, you well, see it in the video. He's that, in the video. He runs up like, "Hey guys, what's oh, up?" Oh yeah, no question. <laughs> I feel a lot better. Yeah, no, well, you know, and, and I I knew that something had to be wrong with him because he, I mean, he carried sixty pounds in there, and you're on the downhill slide, and we're on the coming down, and I just, you know, he either ate something or he was sick, but he just wasn't going to go nowhere. Well, what would have been the better situation if you would have shot him? You would have never known that he was okay. He just had a, a <laughs> yeah, here. yeah. You know, you yeah, don't know. There's really never making those guys happy. I mean, they, they're not in the situation. Chances are no. they've never been in that situation. No. They want to tell you how to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so. Oh, no question. Yeah, you know. Yeah. My buddy's my buddy. He had his two grandsons with him, and we're, we're taking the packs off. We're taking the saddle off, and they're both crying. Yeah. A 17 year old boy because he's attached to him. And he was just had tears streaming down his eyes. Yeah, you know, he was sad. People don't know the backstory. They just see that and say, "Oh man, those guys are just heartless." They don't know the backstory. Yeah. You know, and not not to mention the attachment, but hell, you had to feed that thing its whole life. I mean, you, that, well, he'd had that llama for twenty years. Yeah. So it's it's just people see just the story and want yeah. to make the call on it. Yeah. And the the animals that people use for hunting, and it's different because like a lot of. Farmers or whatever—they have their their animals. They're not attached to. Yeah. Their work animals, yeah. and that's their purpose. But these, like with your goats, yeah. I mean, the the guy that you have the goats with—they are like seriously attached to. Yeah, they're like dogs yeah. almost. Yeah. 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 So it's not it's not like you don't have an emotional attachment to these animals. Right. Well, There's always some guy that's got to just lip off, you yeah. know, and that's yeah. okay. Like in hunting so. when the guns pointed. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of internet heroes. Yeah. Well, guys, I know you guys got a show to run here, so we appreciate you guys coming on. Is there anything you guys want to have in parting shots? No, we appreciate you doing. Yeah, this man. For us. Thanks. Yeah, thanks oh, for everything yeah. you've done we for us. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's so. an easy sell. If you guys are looking for a custom rifle that's attack driver, check out Red Rock. Where you guys or have? Or the uh, definitely the school. Yeah. And uh, you guys will be at the expo in Salt Lake City too, correct? Yep. Okay, so go SCI. check. SCI, I man, you guys are getting around. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yep, we'll have that video up within the next month, and I'll have a review on Rockside about the uh, Green Hornet. Okay, we have a new website coming out too. Yeah, so heard it's going to be good looking. That, yeah. So, all right, thanks guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thank thanks, you. thanks, bud.